Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, the heaviest festival in Canada. Back for a 10th edition. Two days of rock and metal. July 27th and 28th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Witness Slayer perform their last show in Quebec ever. Performances by Ghost, Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Kill Switch Engage, and many more. 40 bands playing four stages on a festival site that you have to see to believe. Festival passes are on sale now. Visit heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avanco. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey, I hope everyone's having a great afternoon, a great evening, a great middle of the night, a great morning, a great whatever it happens to be when you're listening to this episode of the podcast. It's another great episode. I feel like we're we're really on a roll here with some fantastic episodes. And this one, I have to give a special shout out to Stephen Saylor, one of our dear patrons on Patreon. He is the producer of this episode with me, I guess a co-producer. Stephen, thank you for hooking this up with the great Lance King. I cannot, uh, I cannot believe how much I've come to really love this guy's music over the course of the past year since Stephen has introduced me to uh, to him. And um, a lot of you guys probably have known him for a lot longer than that because he's been around for a long time. He's been doing his thing. And we're really going to dive into music from, uh, from all eras of his career today on this episode, which, again, has been co-produced by Stephen Saylor. He is the guy responsible for picking out most of the music 
subject that's going to be on this episode. He helped me with the interviews, uh, the interview questions, that is. So, yeah, without further ado, I'm really just going to let Lance's music uh, ring out and speak to us on this episode and also let Lance himself speak to us. So let's, let's do this right now. This is Higher Than The Sun off the Perfect Balance record by Balance of Power going way back to 2001 right here on Talking Metal. Yes. 
Perfect Balance by Balance of Power featuring Lance King. He's our guest on today's episode. I tell you what, let's get into some new Lance King right now. This is off the Reprogram album, and it's called Limitless, and it will be followed by my interview, mine and Stephen Saylor's interview, since he helped with the questions, um, with Lance King. Here we go. Limitless off of Reprogram by Lance King. Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and calling in once again. A pleasure to speak with this guy for a second time, Lance King. Lance, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Mark. How are you? I am great because I've been for the last like three days listening to the new record, which is about to 
drop, I still call them records, new album, Reprogram. Man, fantastic work on this, Lance. You really, really did such a great job from the songs to the message to the execution, the musicianships. I mean, it, it, it's all there. Uh, really great stuff. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I uh, I feel pretty good about it. I I uh, it's one of those records that's very personal to me as far as you know the songs go, and I, I kind of lived it, and so I'm I'm living it through the song. <laughs> right on. They're very real to me. Well, I, I want to get into that. What you know, the lyrics and the messages behind the songs. But first, I just want to mention that the musicianship is just outstanding. Who's playing with you on this? Uh, like guitars uh, uh, and drummers and the keyboard work is great. Yeah, the keyboard work is a combination of people. Um, each each of uh, the guitar play with all are multi-instrumentalists. So a lot of times they'll either I'll play keys or they'll play keys or, you know, even solos from uh, one guy, Fred, who comes in, Fred Colombo from Spirit Universe Experience. He's playing keys as well, and he does some really ornate solos. The rest of us are not such soloists, but <laughs> Fred really lays it down. So right. It's really cool. Yeah. So we got guitar players abundant. Um, I've got Marcus Sigfordson from Darkwater, who just released a brand new album that is extremely good as well. Um, Kim Olson from uh, Anubis Gate. I wrote a couple songs with him. Uh, cool. Did songs on my first solo album with both of those guys. But got two new guys that I'm writing with. Um, and one of them is Rich Hinks from Annihilator and Aeon Zen. And uh, that brought a really new flavor to everything that I really like. Um, it's like a, a metal up 75. Um, and then... Uh, also, uh, Matt um, Hodson from town here that I signed a band a few years back called Chaos Frame. And, uh, you know, hugely unnoticed talent in my backyard. So I'm like, you know, the album, the Chaos Frame thing didn't do anything. Nobody really took note of it, but it was a fantastic album. And I'm like, hey, want to write some songs together and we'll show people what you're capable of. And, and he said, yeah, let's do it. So wrote uh, three songs with him as well on it and uh matt's matt's very talented so i'm i'm kind of excited and i've got some other players you know kind of spiced throughout like uh, matthias de is on like a solo on one track different things like that little surprises so it's it's fun very cool. And again, the album. Oh, no, and Rich, oh, go ahead. Rich played bass on the whole album, and Morton Gade from uh, from uh, Pyramids played drums on it too. Morton did a fantastic job, and as as did Rich. Rich was co-writing, but he also played bass on pretty much the whole album. And and what is the songwriting process like? You you mentioned that there are people writing the songs with you. Do you guys do? You, they submit riffs to you, chord progressions, or do you have melodies that you send over well, kinda, to them? It kind of varies, you know. I mean, because that I like working with uh, uh, guitar players that are songwriters. Um, a lot of times, what happens is uh, they'll send me a pretty finished uh, music bed of ideas, and sometimes it'll need to be rearranged. Sometimes it'll need things here and there. Um, maybe it won't have a chorus section or whatever, but then we'll develop, you know, that part. And then I'll just 
right? My parts, um, the melody and the, the words and the harmonies and such. And then, you know, so we'll kind of develop the song structure together. Um, but they'll have a pretty good start. And, uh, and there were a couple of tracks where I, uh, I wrote ideas down musically, sent them out to other people. And I'm like, so what do you think? Like needs to be faster. I'm like, well, I can't play it faster. You can. Right. right. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not what I call a a great player. And I like playing with great players, you know, and, and uh, I can get my, my point across musically with instruments, but uh, I'm much better at. (laughs) Right. It's kind of the way we do it. You know, it's just kind of, um, yeah. It's it's whatever works. Like in one of the songs, actually, I'd written the title track. I'd written with uh, Dean Wells from Terra Maze in 2014, and uh, and then a bunch of life dramas happened that just pushed everything back. My my record, uh, but, you know, don't really want to get into all of that. But a lot of family drama, um, major major health issues. My mom, stepmother, and my wife. And oh man, um, yeah. So lots of stuff and it took many years to get back to writing uh, i actually almost died because wow, geez. i had triple pulmonary embolism after a, a routine knee scope surgery that gave me a blood clot in my leg didn't know what was going on with it until it was too late oh and, my god and then i was rushing to the hospital in the er <laughs> wow so anyway after that i got motivated and I came back uh, and just wanted to start writing and kind of refine my my life's passion and redefine where I was going because you know I uh, I hadn't been putting out music for a while as you know and and gotten sidetracked and and it's there was just too much drama and I needed that passion back in my life and uh, you know because of all the other stuff had taken me away from Nightmare Records quite a bit so I wasn't able to keep you know, that going as strongly as I would have liked. And, and then I'm like, well, you know what? I don't really miss that so much. I miss making music. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So then, uh, started, started working on it and I forgot point of your question. Can you repeat it again? So I could get, well, I, I mean, I, I think, again. yeah, I think we, we started just talking about the songwriting and, and, you know, I mean, I, I was curious about, the the message behind the oh, yeah. behind the the lyrics and and the album in general and it sounds like you went through a lot and and I'm guessing Mostly, some of that yeah. played into the exactly. the message of the album. Yeah, exactly. I mean, over the course of uh, the last eight years, a lot of family dramas that I've been being away from what I really love doing, making music, it all sort of affected my center and my balance in life a lot. So I was pretty unhappy and uh, trying to refocus and, and find, you know, my Zen zone again and, and, uh, and, you know, do what I really enjoy doing and, um, you know, being happy, which we all strive for, I guess, and, and sometimes fail at miserably. And uh, I'd read a book uh, during the course of that, that was called the the four agreements and it was a pretty short easy read uh, 160 pages or so and uh it was what the guy called toltic wisdom which is uh i guess a philosophical um belief system of the aztecs 
and okay. uh, it was kind of interesting. So it was well, it was not just kind of interesting. It was it was hugely interesting. Of course, he was bringing it to the current current day um, metaphors and things, so that you could understand it a lot better. And it was written really really simply. So I mean. It impacted me a lot because it changed my perceptions of all, all the crap I was going through and, and helped me reframe my life differently. So a lot of that was, you know, coming to the realization that we're all kind of domesticated from a young age. And that leaves us living by a set of rules that we haven't really chosen ourselves. You know, the people have said to us is, you know, a reflection of them, not us, and that we take those things, you know, too literally. And as we're growing up, um, we're learning to please all the time from our parents. And uh, we're not really, not really focusing on what pleases us so much. We're just fearful of pleasing other people. And we take all that stuff far too seriously, you know, because when other people are dealing with their own stuff, you know, and they say something to you, you tend to take it too personally because but it's not really a reflection on you, it's a reflection on them and those kinds of things. Yeah. You know? So Right, right. Yeah, you kinda have to reprogram yourself to find your passions in life and and uh and this book gave me, you know, basic rules to to do that. You know, simple basic four four rules, you know. And uh let me see if I remember them. <laughs> And they worked for you. When you started doing the rules, you, you felt the well, change in, in your mental state yeah. and where you are? Yeah. I mean, and the rules are really simple. Like rule number one, be impeccable with your word. You know, don't say things that you don't really mean and, and you know, be completely honest with yourself and others. And uh, two, don't take anything personally, you know, because that's a reflection of other people, not you. Um, and that one's really hard if you don't really know who you are, you know what I mean? So you have to kind of identify who you are before you can not take anything personally. But, and then number three is don't make assumptions of what other people mean and, or other situations. And number four is just always do your best. Right. And then you you won't have to feel guilty about what you've done and you won't have to be fearful of what, this in or have uh, anxieties about the future, you know. Okay. So it's just kind of it's really simple, and but it's in depth as well, you know, because it's all based on all these little things, you know, that we've kind of gotten our subconscious from, you know, twenty years of programming from society and you know parents, peers, teachers, religions, you know, the news. <laughs> right, know, all that sort of thing, which plays right. into the lyrics, you know, like limitless. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I am limitless. You are limitless. The writer of my own destiny, which is interesting because you know I I hear what you're saying and you you are the writer of your own destiny, but in some ways you aren't because of everything that's been you know projected projected on, on you. So how I mean, and it, that it, we have these societies societies. Uh, I don't know rules i guess and and our fear of rejection for not following them or quite you know and you know when you question them people look down their nose at you and things like that you know so yeah it's uh 
I guess I've always kind of been a rebel and right. <laughs> you know, buck the system at pretty much every every point and question everything. It's just in my nature. So it fit really well with my personality and my worldview. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> You know, and you you mentioned the news media and, and programming we get from that. Just curious, the the song "Wide Open" is that maybe what that song is is hinting at or about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we it's become. I don't know. I think that people do not question enough. They just accept what they hear. They don't really uh, think too much about it. We've become a headline society. You read a headline or you hear a headline and you don't really care about the the details of the story. You don't do any further investigation. That just is what it is. You know what I mean? And they accept everything as truth that they hear. And it could be, you know, something they heard from, you know, a friend at the, the water cooler, or it could be what they heard on TV or even saw in a movie or these days, what they read on Facebook or, you know, see on YouTube, which can be pretty out there as well. You know, I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes out there that are pretty deep and dark and you can get sucked into them pretty easily. Yeah. And, you know, you know, what's interesting about that? I mean, too, it's like like the politics, for example, it it, it seems like we're being programmed by the different news outlets that we must conform to one way or the other. And and it's like, for me, I like, I hear stuff on the left that I like, and sometimes I hear stuff on the right that I like, but yet I, I don't really want to identify with either one of those extremes, but yet I feel like so many people just hear what they're told on TV or on Facebook, and they they feel like, well, this is the side I'm on. When, you know, Right, and that was a big part of that song as well. I mean, that, that particular song is pretty, I guess... Uh, take a look at the political agenda kind of thing wide open be be more open because you are you know being fed certain guidelines to buy into and and uh, i'm i like to think of myself more of a centrist that way although a lot of people would think i'm conservative i was brought up completely in a liberal family and you know while i do have some conservative ideals and i do have some liberal ones as well sure but I'm, you know, I'm someone who learned a really good work ethic and somebody who learned, uh, even in a liberal family, to be very conservative with my spending and careful with that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I'm pretty much, I guess, a, uh, a libertarian. You know, I'm, I'm you. somewhere in the middle. And right. I don't I don't accept either the, you know, each one of them thinks of themselves as the light side and the other is the dark side. And I, I don't accept either one. Right. I'm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I, I, I'm with you on yeah. that. And, you know, yeah. uh, kind of circle back to the record reprogram. It's coming out, uh, what, March 29th, which by the time we get this posted, will probably be about a week away. Is that right? March 29th? Yeah. Yep. March and- 29th. And that'll be available. I see you can pre-order it on iTunes now. I'm sure it'll be on Amazon. And uh, what it about is. A- Yeah, it's available. Right now you can uh, actually pre-order it uh, and get a couple of gratis tracks immediately, you know, from oh, awesome. uh, iTunes or Amazon. And uh, you can stream a couple of tracks right now on uh, pretty much all the streaming sites and Spotify. And, um, and probably going to be releasing another one by the time that, this airs so there might be even more tracks available to pre-order and get right away and and check it out or stream it see if you like it 
any, and, uh, and then go any, ahead. Oh, any plans for a vinyl uh, edition of Reprogram? Uh, yeah, I, right now it's um, we'll see how well it does, you know, and what people's response is, and and uh, and then we'll go from there. You know, vinyl, vinyl's an expensive proposition, so we'll see if uh, if I have fans that are interested in vinyl. And then we'll go from there. Right on. Certainly, certainly on the table. You know? Right. Right. And so, are you doing like what are you doing to promote the record? Do you have a, a like publicist you're working with, or is it more just word of mouth stuff and talking to people like me? Well, I've been working on it for a long time, for about a year, as far as promoting the you know the idea. And I started uh, last. June with a crowdfunding, so I got the word out pretty far through my networks and, and social media and and done several press releases, but I did not have a pro publicist working it, um, and I am going to have um, one do a blast here with the new release of the new video coming up next week, And uh, but that's about it, you know, it just it's just been word of mouth pretty right. much. So to the ground, you know, I, I'm completely independent now. You know, I went to, went to, uh, this is the first time in a really long time that I haven't had another label outside of my own, um, you know, pushing the album in another territory of the world. Right. So that's, that's, you know, reverting back to that is kind of refreshing in some ways because, you know, there's no rules. I can do whatever I want. I can try whatever I want. I'm not stepping on any toes, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and I can make more money, you know, maybe. We'll see. Cool. But well, again, yeah, the dollar, the promotional dollar is definitely less on this one as far as okay. getting the word out. So, well, that, I mean, word of mouth is, is major, obviously. So we encourage all the listeners of this podcast, the Talking Metal listeners, to. Put it on your social media. Tell your friends. Let people know that Lance King has a great new record out called Reprogram, or it's about to come out. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's a concept record, right? So, and this is something that you've done a lot in the loosely, past. Loosely, I yeah, say loosely? it's a loosely conceptual album. You know, it's it's like it's kind of well, you know, it's just sort of my dealing with life, and then what came out is sort of um, reflected. You know the the book, the Four Agreements, and 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 how I sort of processed things. And so I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> if I take the premise of that and look at how it applies to the the songs, it seems to fit. So you know, it's loosely loosely a conceptual album in that way. And uh, but I'm, you know, I wouldn't be hardcore about calling it a concept album. It's 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 just seems to work really well together. All the songs. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, what about some yeah, of your older older right records? Right now, you know, it, what's that? I was going to say, what about some of your 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 previous records, like Book of Secrets? Would I've you done that? a lot of concept yeah. albums. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I think some of them were actually, you know, trying to be concept albums that weren't really concept albums, but you know, as well. And and you know, the bands wanted to use that as a marketing strategy because that we'd all, you know, really appreciated us some concept albums in the past and namely you know mind crime um comes to mind right that was a big one for many people in balance of power and, and then you know 
Michael wrote quite a concept album for Pyramace and Legend of the Bone Carver. And that one was really, it was more of a story, you know, that just kind of went throughout the whole album. And right. so it was, it was pretty cool how that people seem to really enjoy that. And now I'd say that one's truly a concept album. Pyramace. And, um, What's that? Pure Maze, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah. what, what did you work yeah, with? Uh, what was it? Jacob Hansen on that? Any memories of working with uh, with him yeah. as a producer that you could share? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, before um, before my time with Pure Maze, I, didn't, I hadn't worked with Jacob. And then uh, Jacob sent me all the tracks uh, direct from the studio when the band uh, accepted me into their ranks. And, and, um, yeah, I was really amazed at uh, at the tracks, how great they sounded pre-mixed when I got them. And I'm like, geez, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, the drums sounded like they were, actually, I thought they were programmed until I, I heard the sticks fall at the end of the track. And I'm like, wow, holy mackerel, this guy's good. <laughs> right. So I've, I've worked with him since, you know, because uh, he has got such golden ears when it comes to mix. It's It's fantastic. So... I really, really dig his mix. So he he makes my first record as well, the solo album, and uh, and yeah, I have no plans to to move and do anything differently in the future because we got a really good uh, rapport, and and uh, I just really enjoy the end product. Cool, cool. And you also worked with Dave Elveson of uh, Megadeth fame in the past. Can you talk a little bit about that? What he what he worked on with you and maybe any memories you have working with him? Sure. Yeah. I was, I was in Dallas power at the time and, uh, I mixed, I'd mixed a record. Um, no, was it Dallas power? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the second balance of power album that I did when, um, some local friends, uh, at Orphan studios had, had told David about me and we're both Minnesotans. So he, uh, he reached out to me when, uh, when he had a project that he was working on and he needed uh, a singer and he ended up su- suggesting that I, I mixed the album because it was kind of coming into the thing. It was, it started out, Avian started out as just a recording project. Um, not like a, a serious one. David's just like, hey, this guy, you know, he's paying me to play on it. Right. Would you like to sing on it, make some money? And I'm like, sure, yeah, sounds good. And uh, and we did that. And he's like, well, you know, this is starting to turn into something. <laughs> right. Yeah. We should release it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. It's like, I think you should mix it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll mix it. And uh, it was it mixed it kind of raw. It was a lot of work because we had uh, David's... Um, drummer from F5, and I'll just say this kindly, his meter is not good. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I needed to edit all of the drums, and that was a lot of labor. He wasn't playing to a click? Or he was, and it was still off? Well, if he was, he just, you know, I think what it was is that when it was recorded, it was done sessionally and like spotty, so that there were like a couple of tracks recorded at the time, and they were kind of more, you know, thinking it was just demoing you wouldn't take it that seriously or whatever but the tracks that i got to work with were um not awesome uh and you know took a lot of mixing and a lot of editing to get them to be awesome and and 
then of course they didn't have much feel because I'm not a drummer, I'm a singer. So a drummer's here and they're like, is that a drum machine? Like, right. there's, there's not really any groove to it. Just oh, like, wow. The beat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's singer, singer groove. Yeah. Right. I got you. I don't, I don't, I don't get drummer groove. I'm not, I just know that, you know, to a click, this sounds good. <laughs> right on. Right on. But cool. yeah, it was fun. So the Avian album came out and we managed to get it out to Japan and, and, uh, and Europe and I released it here in the States. And, From the depths and, of time, uh, right? So that's what I did with David Ellison of Megadeth. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And mm-hmm. wanted to mention your, your coffee. You have your own brand of coffee, Awakenings, <laughs> the, the Dark Rose. Uh, what, what got you involved with that? Was that an Ellison thing? Because doesn't he do uh, coffee? Had, yeah, he does. He, he started after me. I can, I can say that. I did it first. <laughs> oh, he's, oh so, okay. A, if anything, you influenced yeah, him. He's yeah. probably doing better than mine. Um, I, I uh, have a sister-in-law at a coffee shop, and she had a, uh, a roaster. And she's like, hey, you know, have you ever thought about branding your own coffee? And I'm like, well, because mm-hmm, I'm a coffee nerd. And, she knew I appreciated good coffee, and I'm like, well, I, I'd consider that, you know, what, what are you thinking? And she gave me some Guatemalan beans that she just roasted, and I'm like, these are awesome, you know, let's do that. And so I put out a coffee and take it to Prague Power every year and sell about 50 pounds of it there and, and uh, sell, you know, through the course of the year, another 50 or so. It's not a big money maker for me, but it's fun. Right on, right on, cool. And random question, going back to, uh, I think I guess it was like 92 when you covered Barracuda by by Hart. Just wanted to ask you how that all came about. Were you a big Hart fan? Why did you choose that song to cover back back in those times, if you remember? Was it was a long a, time ago. Yeah, I was, I was a big Hart fan uh, in the late 70s. And, you know, I had gone and saw them live and they just freaking blew doors. They were so good. And uh, I'd saw them outside, so we didn't have any acoustics to contend with. And it was just like this wall of sound. They were so great. Um, Yeah, so I was playing a cover band uh, at the time. And we worked into playing and writing originals during the days in the clubs because we were playing four or five nights a week. So we'd have nothing to do during the day. So we'd go into the clubs and we'd start writing and we wrote, uh, wrote an album and, and, uh, two albums actually that way. And we'd just go in and record two or three songs at the end of every month that we'd written throughout the course of the month and kind of do it on our budget. And, uh, guys thought we should redo Barracuda because we did it live and people right thought it was great. It was one of those things that, you know, people noted and us for was that and we did Queen's Rake really well and we did Rush really well and sure. people thought those were all really cool things that we did. So nice. So we recorded one of the tracks and it was <laughs> yeah. Turned out great. We didn't get crazy with covers, but um but yeah, that one was one that everybody remarked on because I don't know, I guess I, it's because I have the range to pull it off. When you think back on the music that you listened to throughout your life, is there one specific album, let's say album, not band, that jumps to the top of the pile as a really life-altering 
piece of art, a uh, life-altering album in your life? Um, yeah, there are various ones at different parts of my life. Um, I'd say early on, my dad used to play Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon a lot, right. and that was an early one. Um, and then um, early teens, 2112 by Rush, uh, Left Overture by Kansas, um, Boston, Don't Look Back. You sure. know, those kinds of things are just like huge. And, you know, um, Foreigner, Head Games, wow, what a great album. Uh, Queen, oh, Queen was huge, 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 huge. I first found the cassette of theirs that I was engaged with, which was called All That Jazz. And then when oh, yeah. We Are the Champions came out, We Are the Champions came out, I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you know, things like, uh, I first heard Queensryche's Mind Crime. I was like, oh my God, what's this? Yeah. You know, sure. this is awesome. Um, Dream Theaters, Images and Words, another another one. It's just like, wow, this is this is great. And so yeah, I mean there's been a lot of things along the way that are good, but those those albums like really stand out as um influencing and, and changing, you know, upping the game. In my opinion, absolutely. Yeah, you know, there was. Yeah, they were setting the bar. <laughs> right, right. Awesome. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's not forget ACDC's "Back in Black." Okay, because that was like, yeah, holy crap. Right on. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Awesome stuff, Lance. And the new album again is just incredible. Reprogram. It is out March 29th. Right, March 29th. Does that sound right? March 29th. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Pre-order it now on iTunes. I know you can uh, listen to a couple of the tracks are, are up already, right? Limitless is up and one other one, right? Is it Pointing Fingers? I'm trying uh, to remember. Pointing Fingers. Yeah. 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 Limitless yeah. and Pointing Fingers are up and uh, you can get those on Amazon as well and get a couple of those tracks early so you can play them uh, wherever you like. Um, and then, you know, CD will pop, show up later, or if you buy a pre-order download, then that'll show up on the release date. And, uh, yeah, stream the tracks and uh, keep your eyes peeled and releasing a new video for Pointing Fingers. It's it's coming out next week, Um, so probably we'll be out by the time this airs. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hopefully have this up next Tuesday, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, well, that's about the time that this uh, the the video will be coming out. I think. All right, uh, excellent. Talking to Adrenaline PR about that right now. We're gonna get something set up for a a premiere. Perfect. Good stuff. And yeah. as always, great talking with you, Lance. And we wish you the best of luck. And uh, we will be promoting and supporting the new release reprogram here on Talking Metal. Thank you so much, Mark. Crank it up. And I, while you're on the line, I just I wanted to give a big shout out to to Stephen who helped hook this whole interview up, and he's a big fan of yours, yeah. and he's really turned me on to your music, and I'm glad he has because you got some great stuff. Yeah, Stephen Saylor. Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen's been writing back and forth with me for quite a bit over the last year about this, and and been trying to get uh, hooked me up with all kinds of little things. So thanks, Stephen. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. And thank you, Lance. We'll talk to you soon. 
All right. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Great talking to you. Good talking to you. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thanks. off of reprogram right there okay well let's keep the music going this is blinding force off of from the depths of time going back to 2005 and yeah let's check it out right now on talking metal
cool. We are really, really experiencing a good mix of Lance King's music today, from new to old here on Talking Metal. Thanks to Steven Saylor for hooking up this episode. And this is the cover we were talking about in the, uh, in the interview earlier. Here we go.
Barracuda, Lance King on the vocals there from 1992. We are going to wrap today's episode up with Melancholy Beast off of Melancholy Beast by Pyramaze going back to 2004. And again, just be sure to pick up Lance's new record, Reprogram. And Lance, you're always welcome back here on Talking Metal. So again, the best of luck to you. Guys, you can support this podcast with a PayPal donation. Um, my my e- it's my email is what's attached to my PayPal, striegelmark at gmail.com. Join me on Patreon for all the exclusives. You get a bonus podcast every week on Patreon. Can you believe that? And you get uh, videos and shirts and merchandise and all sorts of fun stuff. So join me on Patreon. And what else? Um, you can use our Amazon links. I appreciate when you do that, guys. And you guys are great with that. So thank you for continuing to use our Amazon links. The way you do that is you just go to TalkingMetal.com or TalkingRock.net. Click uh, the Amazon links that you'll find there. And, you know... Um, Depending on what country you live in, that depends on what links you use. You can figure it out, I'm sure. It doesn't seem like anyone outside of the U.S. is really using our Amazon links anyways, which is unfortunate, but um, I do appreciate the U.S. support because it's good. It's good. You guys are, are awesome with that. And you can buy a hoodie. They're for sale for 60 bucks, And I know that's expensive, but they did cost me a bunch of money to make the hoodies and, uh, you know, it just view it as a support of the podcast, okay? I could even work a two-for-one two deal with you. If you want a hoodie and a T-shirt, email me at mark at talkingmetal.com. We can work out a deal, okay? All right, dudes, that's going to do it. Big thanks to Lance King. And, uh, yeah, like, like I said earlier, here's a little more music by Pyramaze from 2004. This is Melancholy Beast to take us out. All right, guys.
Dark was one, and a new way of understanding.